Welcome to the show and thanks for checking us out. If you could, real quick, just hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and that way you won't miss any future episodes. I think you can also follow if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. My guest today, Robbie Tobeck, uh, amazing football player, played at Washington State in college and then went on to play for the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks. I'm a big fan of Wazoo and the Seahawks, so very cool to talk to him. He had a lot of great football stories. And also, I think, a lot of good advice and insight into his success, uh, not just for football, but really just good life advice. So really cool stuff. The man played in the NFL for 14 years. He was a pro bowler, and he went to two Super Bowls. So pretty amazing career. Uh, like I said, lots of great stories. So check it out. Please welcome Robbie Tobeck to my podcast. How you doing, Robbie? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Yeah. So I've learned a lot about you in the last couple of days. I've been uh, doing a little bit of a deep dive on Robbie Toba. I didn't know your whole your whole background story. It's kind of interesting. Well, it is kind of interesting, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, how I got to the NFL. It, it was a it was a different kind of road to take for sure. Um, and, you know, I just had some people put in my life that, uh you know, I was able to follow. They were able to give me good advice. And I was, uh, you know, through a lot of hard work and, and uh, a lot of effort, uh, finally made it. Yeah. So hard work. Your dad was a roofer and you had to do yeah. roofing stuff in Florida in the summertime. That sounds miserable. <laughs> well, you talk about motivation to get your degree when, you're, you know, you have the opportunity <laughs> to play college football and you say, you know what, uh, if nothing else, you of course, the dream is always to play in the NFL, but if nothing else, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get my degree because I did not want to be on a roof the rest of my life yeah. <laughs> down there in that hot sun. No, but it taught you the work ethic, right? I mean, cause that's gotta be a big part of your success was the, well, you know, when you have the example of your father getting up every day and, and look, you know, it, 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 he wasn't the owner of the business that kind of went and bid and did project, you know, and, and met with clients and stuff like that. He was up there running a crew and, and, uh, uh, to see a guy get up every single day, day in, day out. Um, and, and work as hard as I know he worked, come home dirty, filthy and, and sweaty and, and, and whatnot, and put that kind of work in every day, physically speaking. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different forms of hard work, but, uh, but that certainly was uh, motivation for me. And then, you know, him getting me up, you know, Saturday mornings, I remember, uh, you know, I'd play a football game on Friday night in high school. And then Saturday morning, I was up, uh, up, uh, up on the roof, sore as I could be from the night before and stuff like that, but had a lot of fun, uh, um, you know, learning those lessons. Well, I, I shouldn't say I had a lot. I had a, had a lot of fun. <laughs> but didn't have fun learning those lessons, but they were lessons that really sunk in and stuck with me. And, and uh, you know, when I look back, I owe my dad a lot for, for teaching me that. Yeah, for sure. So your football career, I mean, you started playing as a kid, but really your high school didn't have football until, was it your senior year? Well, you know, it was one of those deals where, uh, you know, I started playing football in fourth grade. You know, it was always my dream. I, I, I was born in Florida, moved to Texas for a while, started playing football and, and uh, played football all the way through junior high there in, in, in Texas and stuff. And then when I got to high school, we moved back to Florida. And uh, part of part of my deal was I also played a lot of basketball and stuff, too. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, my parents sent me to a, a really small Christian school there in, in, in Florida when we moved back. And, and the promise was always next year, we're going to have a football team next year. We're going to have a football team. And, and so uh, finally by my senior year, we had a great basketball program, great basketball team, a lot of good athletes, a lot of good players. And, and, you know, a few guys going on to play college basketball and stuff like that. Wow. Um, but that football team didn't happen until my senior year. So I really had that one year to try to try to make it and try to get it. And you, did you play, was it running back as senior as a senior or you didn't play offensive line? No, no, no. I wasn't an offensive lineman until uh, really um, ha uh, in the middle of my junior year of college. Um, I was a, I was a, I was a running back and a, and a linebacker, and and that's you know um, wanted to be the next uh, Herschel Walker, I guess. So it was yeah. Uh, um, so, and then know, it, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So and then the whole story goes where you you just randomly run into Jack Thompson from WSU, the throwing Samoan at this charity basketball game because. Was that was when he was in Florida, he was playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks, or maybe he had just finished playing for them? And Yeah, he was just kind of finishing up playing for them. And, uh, you know, I went to this uh, charity basketball game, Pro Athletes for Christ, and, and, and Jack was playing in the game. And, and like I said, I, you know, I was a pretty good basketball player, too. And uh, um, we went in there, and uh, the guys, he, the, they were playing against this uh, Moody Bible Institute, and, and that, that – 
college had actually scrimmaged my high school. We had, like I said, we had a pretty good high school program. We could compete, you know, small colleges like that. And, and, uh, those guys, the, the pro athletes didn't have enough guys. They had guys from baseball and, and whatnot. They didn't have enough guys show up. They had five guys and, you know, some of them were maybe in the best shape they were when they played and stuff. So, so, uh, with, with that, they, uh, you know, the guy said, Hey, you know, this guy over here can play. I happen to have my high tops on and a pair of shorts and, and Jack is actually the guy that came over and asked me to play. And, and I remember Jack just, you know, I had a, had a, uh, picture of him on my wall, uh, and, you know, at the time uh, being a, a little bit of a Bucks fan and, and, uh, um, I said, yeah, I'll play. And, and I played and played well and, you know, you had a few dunks during the game, I think, and, and, and stuff like that. So Jack was kind of real curious to, you know, what my plans were when I graduated from high school. And I, I told him at the time that, you know, I had some opportunities to play the small college basketball, but I really, really uh, wanted to play football. Mm. So then, yeah. So then he, you guys, this is crazy. You guys put this like football video together, which in that time, I mean, there wasn't like just use your iPhone. Like you had to get out like an old school camcorder and stuff, and like edit it with like VCRs and stuff. Or how did yeah, you? Yeah, it was. Uh, we went to the uh, um, YMCA in Tampa. As a matter of fact, I just drove by that thing when I was back home uh, this this last year and showed my wife where we made the video because I've still got that dang video somewhere. And uh, oh, really? I need to um, see that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's you doing uh, like dunks and stuff, right? It was a dunk video. Well, yeah, it was, he, he kind of forecast me as like, you know, Hey, maybe this guy can play a little tight end or, or something for, you know, you're not going to be a running back, but you, you know, might be a tight end or, or something. So he just kind of wanted to show some athleticism because, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have film, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, so we, we, we got one of his old teammates with the bucks, Paul Dombrowski, uh, had the video camera and we went in this gym and threw the ball around and, I ran some routes, did some stuff. And then at the end of the video, um, you know, we made a video of me dunking the basketball and, you know, just various dunks, different things like that and stuff. So, and that was all designed just to show like a, a college coaches that he was calling and to say, hey, if nothing else, the guys, the guys got some athletic ability, you know, he might, you know, you, it's up to you to find a spot for him. Sure. Sure. So then you get this, did you get a scholarship for Liberty or how did you end up at Liberty? Yeah, you know, um, and so it it was kind of narrowed down between Liberty and uh, East Tennessee State, and uh, huh. um, Liberty wanted to see me play in this All Star game up in Tennessee, and so I got an invite because they wanted to see me there, and and I played in that uh, All Star game, and then they 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 watched me play. I, I think I played D end at that thing. You know, I was all over the place, um, but. Uh, played in that and they gave me, you know, they came up to me afterwards and offered me a scholarship and, and, uh, you know, I went there and, and, and redshirted. Yeah. So then tell me the story. So you got kicked out of Liberty for kissing a girl. Yeah. You know, uh, wow. I, you know I don't know what the rules are nowadays. Well, and, that's and strict. They have a, they have, they've got a pretty good program going right now, but back okay. then, you know, and I'm, a, I don't know if it's still the same, you know, they had like a, uh, you know, you had to keep your distance, you know, they had like a six inch rule or something like that. And, uh, um, you know, I, I broke that rule. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end. It wasn't like a warning or anything. It was just like, you're done. No, man, I was done. But the crazy thing was, uh, you, after that, you can, uh, you know, you can appeal and then you can go to summer school and, and, you know, take your classes, get your eligibility <laughs> back. And I had, you know, I had that opportunity as well, just like everyone else did. Um, but, you know, I kind of figured, you know, I was in college and, and, you know, I wanted to continue, wanted to keep playing football. Uh, but you know, I also had a little more freedom, uh, you know, living with my parents in high right? school. Right. Yeah. Did, did there. And I, I kind of thought that, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm a responsible guy. I can handle myself. I'm going to see what else is out there. And, and, uh, you know, those, that's long before the days of the transfer portal. Yeah. So then you tell, explain this story. So you buy this book of junior colleges. Cause again, this is before internet. And then you look up the addresses and you send all these letters. How many, how many letters did you send to football yeah, coaches? You, you, you have done your research. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I went and bought a, a, I just went to the mall at a bookstore and, and I found a book on junior colleges and, you know, it was about yay thick. And I just went through and it had everything about all these junior colleges. And I went through and found a hundred of them that played football. Wow. And I called each one and, and got their head coach's name. So I wrote a letter, standard letter, but I, you know, I addressed it to each head coach and, um, uh, mailed that letter around the country and, 
and and got some responses, you know, because I knew at the time, like I could leave Liberty and I could transfer, you know, I could transfer to another school, which, you know, the chances that one was going to want me are probably slim to none, but, but I'd have to sit out a year if I transferred or I could transfer down to a junior college and play immediately and then try to work my way back up to the, to a four-year school. So, so that's what I did. And, and, uh, finally, uh, heard from a few schools and the one that really intrigued me was Kilgore junior college in Kilgore, Texas. And, uh, um, you know, I knew I was familiar with them and the, and the, the, the Kilgore college Rangerettes, which are, you know, their world famous, uh, uh drill team group. And hmm. I think that's where drill team started actually. But, okay. uh, so I was familiar with them from that. And then, uh, um, just, you know, the coach sent me a packet of stuff and that was it. I never heard anything back. So, I, you know, I, you know, and part of this whole thing is, and, and if people are listening to this is part of it's, you know, you got to take some initiative in your life. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and, you know, I, I guess I could have sat there and just said, well, you know, the, he, he sent me this stuff, but he, he, there was no follow-up. Well, it was my job to do the follow-up. Right. So I just called the guy one day and said, Hey, you sent me some stuff. What does that, you know, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> I'm interested. What, what can I do? And, and he said, well, send me some film, son. And, uh, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, I don't have any film, you know, I can't send you any film. He goes, well, I don't know what you want me to do for you. I said, do me a favor. I said, call these two guys. So I had him call my high school coach and I had him call, uh, my, uh, I called Jack. And, uh, so he did to his credit, man, he he did. And, uh, uh, the next day he, uh, called and gave me a scholarship, Kilgore junior college. And, uh, uh, his name was coach Miller and coach Miller was, uh, uh, was a was a tough man and and uh, uh had been won a national championship at that level and and been in Kilgore for a long time and uh, but I tell you what he had he, he was a tough man that had a great heart and and uh um took a chance on a kid like me and took a chance on a lot of kids and made a lot of kids and made a difference in a lot of kids and and uh you know I'll forever be grateful to to he's one of the people that I'll always be grateful to and 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 uh, be blessed that that you know I had a chance to cross paths with him. Yeah, that's really cool. So then is this where you switched to linebacker or because you were kind of more running back, but this is where you become a linebacker? Yeah, you know, I played my freshman year. I played a linebacker and and uh, I was a little, you know, I didn't have that experience, that high school experience really. And and I was a little, I was always like doing my job, but not kind of making the plays. And then uh, finally they put my hand in the ground going into my sophomore year and I, I was, I lined up a defensive end and that was really really a home for me. I was pretty good at it. You know, I had, I had good hip explosion. I could, I could get into people and, and I, you know, get around the corner a little bit and stuff. So DN was really a, a good spot for me at that level. Um, and I was getting recruited, uh, you know, uh, by a lot of, a lot of schools around the country and, and, you know, at least, at least being contacted, you know, and, and, and going into my sophomore year, I was really looking forward to, uh, to, you know, seeing, seeing what was out there because, you know, I was starting to hear from people. Okay. So then you go to Wazoo, they give you a scholarship or did you walk on? Yeah. You know, what happened was uh, my, you know, and here, here's where Jack comes in again. This is part of the story. Maybe you didn't know, but, but uh, so I'm hearing from schools. I'm excited. I go into my sophomore year, first game uh, uh, I'm coming off to make a tackle inside and the D tackle gets double team kind of rolls up my, my leg and I tear my, 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 uh, my MCL. Oh shit. And it was a complete tear. So, Ooh. so they, so then, you know, all the recruiting kind of dried up for me. Oh. Um, and so they did surgery on it. Uh, you know, I don't know if they even do that surgery anymore, but they did back then. And so, so they did surgery and I remember, uh, had a couple coaches call and Hey, uh, you know, how's season going, Robbie, this and that. And, and, uh, I would say, well, I told them about my injury. Oh, well, can I talk to your roommate? You know, <laughs> it was that type of deal. So, so it, it, through all of that, I rehabbed like crazy and it was supposed to be like a six month deal. And I actually played in our bowl game, uh, wow. our junior college bowl game. And, you know, I wasn't a hundred percent by, you know, I was barely, I mean, I barely got them to let me play, but I, I played and I, you know, I got a sack and, and all that stuff. In the meantime, Jack has uh, <clears throat> been calling coach price and and saying hey you got you got to recruit this kid you got to recruit this kid and, and you know there I was again with basically without any film because I got hurt the first game I had a little bit of film from the bowl game and that was about all I had uh, but you know I think 
more to get Jack to leave him alone. Coach Price uh, <laughs> brought me up on a recruiting visit and, uh, and I ended up getting a scholarship and it wasn't because of, you know, what they saw in the film or anything. It was because he felt like, you know, this guy's got, a, you know, I think this kid does things the right way. He's got a chance to maybe lead from an example standpoint. But uh, I found out years later, he told Jack, he said, look, Thompson, don't ever call me and ask me why this kid's not playing because he's not going to play. He's never going to play here, but I need a couple guys like him for the locker room. So oh. I'm going to give him a scholarship. And it's only, he said, it's only two years anyway. And then he's out of here. <laughs> you know? Wow. That is so, a crazy uh, part of this. So do you think Thompson, was he kept vouching for you because he really believed that you were that good of an athlete or he just liked you as a kid or uh, what was it? You know, I think both. I mean, Jack's done that for not just me, but for, for others as well. Um, and you know, it's just the type, it's just who he is, mm. you know? And he says, he's the type that looks at you and says, well, how can I help you? How can I help? You know? Mm. And, and, uh, you know, mind you this whole time, uh, the first time Jack ever saw me actually play football was at Washington state university. So <laughs> he had vouched for me, you know, uh, three or four times, um, through all this, but it was more of my character, you know, work ethic and what I was willing to sh do. And, you know, that, you know, he said, you know, I got some athletic ability. Um, but, uh, you know, even even then, I mean, Jack, when, that night I met him at that basketball game. He he said he said, look, you know, here's my number. I'm willing to help you, uh, but I'm not going to babysit your ass. You're going to you're going to show me that you're willing to work. And I was like, well, that's easy. I can, you know, hmm. I can do that. No problem. So he said, call me at noon. And I remember, you know, uh, um, that Monday being, you know, we didn't have a phone. You know, we were, we, were, we didn't have, you know, there were times uh, we didn't have a whole lot, you know, growing up and, and stuff. So we didn't have a phone at the time. And wow. I remember getting a dime and being in, in a phone booth at noon on that, that next Monday um, and calling him you know, and, and, uh, being there, right, you know, just right at noon, boom, put the dime in and, and, and gave him a call. And then, you know, kind of, like I said, the rest is, is kind of history. Yeah. So then they change, you played D line at Wazoo, but, uh, you didn't like your D line coach and they offered to, tr to put someone on O line and you, and so you did the O line thing. Well, you know, yeah, I, I went into Washington state as a defensive lineman and, and went through spring ball and was into two a days. And, and, you know, I was in the rotation I was going to play, but what happened was uh, they needed a, uh, you know, they just needed another guy to play offensive line. And, and uh, um, my, my D line and my D line coach was <laughs> that's man. He was a piece of work. He's a tough guy. And uh, um, he calls me up one day and says, Hey, you know, I, I, I'd played, had, had an okay game against Oregon the first week. We were playing Ohio state the next week. He calls me up and says, Hey, coach, coach price is going to come down and see you. And, and, uh, he wants to move you to offensive line, but I can't lose you, man. You got, you're in my rotation. I got to have, you know, and I remember hanging up the phone with that guy and I was like, man, if coach price calls me and asks me to play offensive line, I'm out of here. I'm going to play offensive <laughs> line because uh, George Yarno and John McDonough at the time were uh, the offensive line coaches there. And, and, and I, I could just see their unit because I hang out, I hung out with those guys a lot and I was friends with them, but their unit was so close and so tight. And it's it, 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 anybody that's played offensive line knows that, you know, there's a brotherhood within a brotherhood there, you know, and, and I wanted to be a part of that. And and so the opportunity came, Coach Price, who, you know, talk about the character of Coach Price, too, you know, he didn't have to come down to my apartment to ask me that question, right? You know, he could have said, hey, I want you to meet me in my office at 1230, you know, and mm -hmm. I would have been there, but, you know, he's the coach. I, yeah. You know, but, but, you know, I think he... I don't know. I, you know, I think he thought maybe I wouldn't want to do it or whatever it was, but, but he came down and asked and I was, and, and that meant the world to me as well. And, and, uh, um, you know, I was happy to do it. And, and, uh, so know, my first, first snap was against Ohio state. So even before that you were actually playing as a, on the D line, even though coach price said, you're never going to play. How did you win that starting role off the bat, you must have be, uh, beat out some scholar scholarship kids, well, right? No, I, I, you know, I was on Scully too. You know, I right. wasn't, I wasn't, I, I don't know that I was, I was in the rotation there. I don't know that, uh, I don't know if I started that, that first game against Oregon or not, but, but uh, certainly played, you know, half the snaps or whatever it was. And, and then uh, um, it's just, you know, more of a, you know, they needed guys. I mean, we didn't hmm. have the depth 
uh, really. And, 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 you know, I, I, you know, I could go out and play and, and I was, uh, I worked hard. Um, and that's, you know, that's, you know, one of the themes to my whole deal is, you know, you just trying to outwork the other guy and, and always, always, you know, reassessing and setting another goal. You know, if you reach one goal, you, you go to another. And I, I was pretty strong, you know, I, uh, you know, I could squat a ton of weight and, and power clean and do that type of stuff. And, and uh, so that gave me that opportunity to, to kind of get in the D line and at least be able to hold my own and, and, and play a little bit. But what they had done was they took me from that defensive end position and moved me down inside. So, so my job at that time was just to keep getting bigger. And once I got bigger, they said, well, you know, heck, this guy'd make a good offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah. So then you switch offensive line. You don't know how to play center and snap, obviously. Right. So, so Drew Bledsoe, uh, future NFL quarterback, teaches you how to snap. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, it was one of those deals where you know, kind of played my junior junior year at guard. They really needed you know somebody to fill in at that spot, and and kind of you know, all they told me my junior year was learn learn what the calls mean, and and uh, just play basketball. If you're pass blocking, just use your feet and play basketball in front of the guy. I said, you know, I can do that, and so you know, I progressed as the year went, and then going into that spring ball. I knew that like, Hey, I, you know, I can play center, you know, and, and if really, if I got a shot, you know, because the whole time through all of that, <clears throat> maybe it's naive or whatever you want to call it. My goal is to play in the NFL, right? Yeah. Same goal I had when I was in kindergarten all the way through was still with one year to, of college to go and move in positions and, and not kind of really knowing a, a whole lot. My goal was to still play in the NFL. I said, well, you know, I, I got one year to do this. And, and, and I looked up the, you know, guys that I'd seen, you know, kind of, kind of do it, get it done in a year. So, so um, when, when I told Drew is look, I want to, I'm, you know, I want to play quarterback. I mean, I want to play uh, um, center. And when you guys, you know, when you're, when the quarterbacks are throwing with, uh, with uh, the receivers and stuff like that, I want to come snap to you. And uh, so he said, sure. And he let me know whenever they were throwing, I would go and I would snap. And I didn't really know, how to snap or where to put the ball or any of those types of things. And, and Drew being, you know, good guy and, and my roommate at the time, you know, kind of, you know, wanted me to be successful and, and just kind of taught me like, here, here's what I know and here's how to snap and here's where you put the ball and here's what you do. And, and so just through that working with him and by the time we got into spring ball, snapping the ball, making the calls, doing the different things, it, it wasn't a big deal because I put that time in, uh, through winter conditioning and, st- and stuff, getting the videotapes, watching the film, practice making the calls, practice snapping during during Skelly and all that stuff. And so, by the time spring ball came around, um, I was able to establish myself as the center going into that next season. Yeah, because I don't think uh, uh, some people might not know that, but what the uh, what a big job of the center is not to just snap the ball and block. You actually have to make the line calls. Like you tell, like if you see blitzes and things like that, it's a very like cerebral position, right? Yeah, it's uh, you know of all the positions on the offensive line, that's one that 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 is very cerebral and 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 more so for for certain centers and and uh, you know one of the things I had a great teacher in George Arno um, and the fact that he you know he he did it in the NFL for a long time. He's a Washington State alum and had a similar transition as me was a was mm. a defensive tackle in college, moved to the offensive line in the NFL. Oh uh, wow. And so, and, and had a, had a long career, had a nice career and, and stuff. So, so he, he was able to teach me a lot and, and, uh, um, you know, taught me how to, even, even that first year of playing center, how to, how to read safeties, do different things and, and move the protections and, and do some of that stuff that, uh, you know, you don't see a lot of guys uh, doing even still, you know, at that level and stuff. So I'm um, just having a great teacher being community, you know, having the community, uh, communication I had with Drew and, and stuff like that would just, uh, enable me to take that step. So when I was able to get to the NFL, um, you know, again, coach Yarno just, uh, told me what to expect and what I needed to do to make the football team. And I just went out and, and just did that. And, and, and it worked for me. That's awesome. So tell me about the Apple Cup of uh, 92, the snowball. You got to play in that one, right? With a big win with Drew Bledsoe. I think it's the fourth biggest Apple Cup win for the Cougars, 42-23 they beat. And I think UW was ranked number five at the time. So that was like an upset, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it, it was. They were, they were, uh, they might have even been higher than that. I don't know. They, they were co-national champions the year before. 
Um, and so they were coming off that run and they had a really good football team. And, uh, but you know, we did too. And, but we didn't get the respect, you know, maybe nationally up until that game. Um, I think we, we finished the year that year at nine and three, Mm -hmm. you know, and so had a really good football team and, and that, uh, that apple cup game, I mean, you know, you know, those rivalry games, they mean something, they mean a lot to guys. And, you know, I played a lot of football since then. And, uh, um, that that's the only game I think I ever played in that I remember the score to it. You know? <laughs> and wow. It's just ingrained in, in, into me. And, and uh, um, you know, be, it, it, it meant something to us. It was a game where we were, we were pretty good, but still didn't feel like we were respected. Uh, they were the coming off the co-national championship, the big bad bullies on the block uh, head to the Rose bowl. <laughs> we're still didn't know which bowl game we we're going to be able to go to all those types of things. And, and so, um, when you're playing for respect, um, you know, a, a, a lot of emotion comes out and then that emotion still comes out when I think about that game and, 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 you know, or I see highlights on it and stuff like that. It's, it's because, you know, um, you're able to, to set a goal the year before when we lost in, in, in Seattle and, and, and then accomplish that goal, uh, through a lot of hard work and a lot of effort that next year. So how did what did Price say to you guys, or who fired you up in the locker room? Because you you were obviously fired up, right? I mean, the whole team must have been. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that's one of those deals when you know, nobody has to say much. You know, really? because uh, I think it was said the year before. Frankly, um, when we're in the locker room after we lost to him um, uh, that year, uh, you, you know, they had Entman and all those guys, and I think the the conversations were had in the locker room that year. Um, and I even spoke up and said something that, you know, kind of to everyone's surprise, because I really, you know, here I was the new guy that kind of, but just, just losing that game just came out of me and, 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 Hmm. and, you know, Hey, it's not going to be like this ever again. It's not going to be like this, this year, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to change it. And, and, uh, you know, we did, and, and that was a good stretch for Washington state, you know, Mm -hmm. weren't as many bowl games as you have now, but you know, two years later, our defense, they, was, they were all senior, seniors. Uh, they were sophomores in my senior year. And then they were, by the time they were seniors that year, is the when they went to Alamo Bowl and, and they were number one defense in, in the country. And they had a great defense and did some things. And then a couple of years after that, you got the Leaf with the Rose Bowl. Then you got Gesser in the Rose Bowl. So I, I really, I really credit that uh, 92 team uh, with kind of kickstarting that that run that we had in the nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. That was a fun run. And then it was a really good rivalry with Washington too. So what happened? Like what I, I just, can you, do you have a theory on the apple cup stretch? Cause what is it? Seven losses or something now that, for Washington state. Well, and these are good teams. Yeah. You know, and, and three of those, three of those games that if we win that game, we're playing in the PAC 12 championship game. Yeah. And so, you know, so good football teams yeah. that, that lost games, maybe that we, we probably should have won. But I think I think, uh, you know, I, I, I love Coach Leach um, and, and what he did for our program at Washington State and, and uh, what he brought to it. And he brought some national respect and, and notoriety and, and recognition. And and, uh, you know, I think we what six ball games in a row, that type of thing. And so uh, great success. But I get his messaging and the fact that. You know, I don't care if we're playing, uh, you know, uh, Sister Mary's or if we're playing, <laughs> you know, UW. We yeah. got to prepare the same every game. We got to prepare 100. Right. And 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 I get the messaging, and he's right. You you can't. There's no no days off. There's no plays off. None of that. You can't have it. And, and you have to prepare and play a certain way. But but one of the things that I, I use the analogy of when I was in the NFL, I gave 100 percent every game. Right. I took pride in, in the product I put out on the field. But when you get to that first round of the playoffs, it's just more intense. It just man, it just, you know, my efforts the same. I'm not trying harder because I'm trying hard all the time. But boy, you there's an intensity there that you, you just feel. And and then that second round of the playoffs, it kicks up even more. By the time you get to the NFC championship game, which I, I was fortunate enough to play in two of them, man. It's in, it's crazy intense. And then the Super Bowl is on another level all itself. Mm. Now, I agree with the messaging that the, the, the effort is 100% all the time. But you have to understand the intensity of that as you go into that game. And you have to prepare for that intensity. 
Um, and I think that's some of the thing we were missing uh, maybe over that stretch where we lost some of those games that pro- probably should have won because you can just feel it in that instance. You can feel it coming out of the, out of the stands. Huh. I mean, it just comes from there onto the field. And, and so uh, maybe, maybe not preparing for the intensity and for that part of it uh, cost us, a, a, you know, maybe a couple of games over the last few years. Yeah, it's just it just seems so it's boggling to me because I think they were even favorite uh, favorite for a lot of those games. Like I really thought with Minshew, I was like, okay, they got the swagger, right? Like that was like maybe what they were kind of missing. He had the he's working out in the snow shirtless and stuff. I mean, you're like, this is it. This is the year they're going to do it. And then they just still couldn't do it. Do you think this is the year? Because now they got a different coach and the UW is pretty bad this year. Well, you know, we're playing there, so that's that's always, you know, that's always a thing. But yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm 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 uh I've been really proud of our team this year. Um, they, you know, going through what they went through with a coaching change, head coach, four assistants, all that stuff in the middle of a football season, and we didn't have the greatest start to the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're I think one and three or two and four, or whatever we are. Um, when the coach, coach, you know, gets canned and we're not looking good, a lot of teams would lay down at that point and, and you wouldn't get much out of them the rest of the season, but these guys have continued to play hard, um, and, you know, have won some good games. I mean, Arizona state on the road, uh, you know, winning the game this last weekend, to you know, and, you know, against Arizona is not a very good football team, but we didn't, you know, we played the, we won the way we should have won. Yeah. And, and really tough conditions, you know, um, it was raining. I was at the game. It was foggy and rainy and, and nasty out, you know, and, um, and, but we came out and we played, you know, the Stanford game, Oregon state game, I'm thinking of, you know, the two home games there that we just, we came out and, and back and forth games, both of them were back and forth, but you know, the guys never hung their heads and, and they kept playing and, and defense came up, make big, big plays at the end of those games and stuff like that. So, Really happy. I, I, I love seeing Jaden's uh, progression through the through the year this year, and and uh, still got to get better with some decision making and stuff. But but uh, you know, I, I, I give us a good shot this year. I, I think this you know this is the one maybe where we kind of get back to to winning some of these Apple Cups. Here. Hopefully, or at least it's close. Like because uh, used to be such a fun <laughs> rivalry. Isn't good enough. We got to have the W, man. Yeah, you know, they really like, do. Because imagine, I just imagine those sixty year seniors. They've been there for this is their sixth year at Wazoo and they've never won an Apple Cup. That's crazy. Yeah. They got to yeah, be that's, motivated. That's, that's got to be a motivator, you know, because you know, especially some of those guys, you know, aren't going to go, uh, aren't necessarily going to go to the NFL or whatever it might be. And and this is your, you know, this is the last time. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go to a bowl game, you're gonna have fun and stuff like that. But this is the last like one where. You know, this is a meaningful, full game and your last chance at University of Washington, especially if you're going to be a guy that lives up here in the Northwest. You can't, despite it all, I tell my friends that, that are Huskies, you know, you know, you know, last time I was on the field with them, we kicked their tail, right? <laughs> so, 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 you know, what, you know, I got nothing to do after that. But so you want to be able to say that as a cougar, right. mom, you want to be able to say that the rest of your life, especially you're going to live up here in this area. Absolutely. So anyway, so back to your story, you graduate Wazoo and then you, the draft happens, you don't get picked there, You said there was three teams that were interested in you. Uh, obviously you end up settling with Atlanta. Who are the other two teams though, that you turned down? Um, Houston, Chicago, um, okay. you know, Chicago was really, really interested in that. And that was close. <laughs> um, but in, in Houston, you know, made some phone calls after the draft and said, Hey, we'd like to, you know, like you to invite, but I kind of, kind of knew what that was just like basically going to end up being a camp invite and they weren't going to give me much of a shot. The thing I liked about Atlanta and what made sense for me with Atlanta is, you know, Keith Rowan, the offensive line coach, got on the phone with me and said, look, this is our team. We have these guys are our starting five. This guy's going to make the team as our top backup for all positions. And then we have a guy that was on practice squad last year. And then there's a three other spots that we're going to bring a bunch of you rookies in, you know, and maybe sign a couple, you know, free agents or whatever. And you guys are all going to compete for these spots. And I was like, those are good odds. You know, they're not set. Their roster's not set. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all I got to do is be out another rookie, you know, rookie free agent, just like me. So, so the odds were there um, to try to make the football team as opposed to a lot of times what you do is you, 
you go to training camp and, and uh, you know, the, the, the roster's kind of set already, but they need bodies. So you get an invite. And, hmm. and I really felt that way with Atlanta that I, I was going to get a legitimate shot at, at making that football team. Yeah. And it was, this was a scary time for you though, because again, they don't, it's not, there's no guarantees and all you got was a shot and a tryout and you're a long shot kind of to make it in a way. And then it was this also when you had a, you had a kid on the way. So you're like yeah. using your fear. Explain how you did that. You used your fear to motivate you. It didn't, it didn't, uh, freeze you or. Well, I mean, you know, uh, fear can be a, a, a motivator or it can, or it can, like you said, it can freeze you. I mean, um, the 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 fear of failure uh, is is a big motivator, and some people some people can't function on, on that thing. And for me, I, it's probably my biggest motivator because, you know, when you set a goal, you want to reach that goal, or at least you know, at least get better trying to attain that goal. We don't reach all of our goals in life; that's just the way it is. But but hopefully, we get better by trying to to reach goals and attain goals. And and you know, it, it just was one of those things where like, look, this is my dream this is what I want to do. Um, I had the pressures of, you know, uh, McKenzie, uh, uh, being on the way, um, all those types of things, but it came down to doing certain things. Um, learning the offense better than some of the other rookies, uh, hustling, making blocks downfield, doing all those types of things. And when I, I mentioned earlier, George Arno told me what to expect when I got in the NFL. Those are some of the things he told me. He said, look, make plays downfield blocking, and learn the offense. And by just doing those two things, I was able to get into the first preseason game ahead of all those other rookies because I knew the offense. I knew I could go in and function and make calls and stuff. Was I perfect? No. But what I did do was I also hustled. I, I, I learned the offense better so I could get in the game. And then I hustled uh, and was able to, uh, a guy from Miami intercepted the football and you know, as a DB, he had a thing and I had an angle on him and I ran him down, made tackles, stopped the game. So, so the, 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 the mental part of it, the hustle part of it after that game, it was my job to lose at that point. Hmm. And so, so again, just, you know, listening to people that have been there and done it and, and taking their advice and, and uh, continuing to work hard, stay positive coach price. Again, you, you know, another talk about the heart on coach price and, and, and I owe him a lot as well. And, during that year, when I was in Atlanta, we had we had back then, you know, when I was with the Seahawks, it was always in training camp was ones versus ones, twos versus twos. You know, you didn't have a lot of the ones versus two. And when I first got to Atlanta, it's Jerry Glanville, and it was ones oh, yeah. versus twos all the time. And we had just signed Pierce Holt, who was a, you know, one of the top D tackles in the league. He, we brought him over from from uh, uh, San Francisco, and I. Playing center was easy for me. I had to show them that I could play guard, right? And so here I was lining up a guard because they wanted a guy that could do both. And, mm. and they knew I could play center. That was easy. Did that. I was like the second team guard and the third team center and showing them both. But when I was playing guard, I was had Pierce Holt lining up on me every day and wearing me out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not even it, – it was not fun. Just wearing me out, right? And, and that's what happens, you know, your rookie year a lot of times, especially unless you're a first round pick, you know, you're expected to have some growing pains because it's the NFL, you know, and uh, Coach Price called me midway through training camp and asked me how it was going. I was like, man, I, I do not, man, I don't know. I'm getting my tail kicked and this, that, and the other thing. He said, hey, you know, screw those guys. If, if they don't if they don't see your potential and they don't know you can play, we'll, we'll find another home for you. I know you can play in that league and you can get it done. I mean, here he is taking time out of – two days at Washington state to call me and check on me and give me a, give me a word of encouragement, you know? That's and, cool. and so, so, you know, it's little things like that that coach price did that, you know, you, I mean, that people don't know, um, but part of what made him so special, you know? And, and so just doing those things, that word of encouragement from coach allowed me to get to uh, uh, keep fighting. And by the end of the year, I could block Pierce Holt. That's awesome. Some of the time, at least. <laughs> Some of the time. So yeah. then you you were a practice squad player, I think, your first year, right? But then eventually you yeah. work your way on to the starting lineup. So you got to tell this story. This is a, one of your career highlights, right? 96, your tight end goes down, Mitch Lyons. So they put you in at tight end, and you get to yeah. score a touchdown. This is awesome. Yeah, I never uh, knew this. So I'm, I'm starting at left guard. Uh, as my uh, first, second year starting, I'm starting at left guard, and, and 
uh, we show up to the stadium um, and, and uh, you know, every, every offensive lineman thinks there are two things could, could be a receiver or, and, and uh, a basketball player. Right. So, so uh, we show up to the stadium and we're in the run and shoot, which is what Washington state runs now. And yeah. uh, we're in the run and shoot offense. And so we got one tight end on the roster and his name is, like you said, Mitch Lyons. We, our plan, we're playing the Steelers that week, was to use Mitch a lot. You know, in some games, we didn't use him at all. But our plan was he was going to be – that was going to be our offense that week. Well, after the week of practice, Mitch shows up at the stadium on Sunday morning in full back spasms. Can't, can't even walk. And he's just locked up. He can't go. So June Jones – and mind you, I'm the starting left guard – comes up to me and says, hey – when we go blue, which was our offense, you know, our blue offense had the tight end, would be 11 personnel. When we go blue, you, uh, uh, you're playing tight end today. I was like, oh, all right. And so he hands me a sheet of paper that has, has all the routes and the plays and the routes and stuff. And so I'm like, all right, you know, so I'm studying this thing before the game and Bobby Abear is our quarterback and stuff. And, and, uh, I start the game at left guard, second or third play. We, we, we go blue and we run that offense all the way down the field. We get on the goal lines first, first drive of the game. And, and we get on the goal line and Bobby calls a play. And I don't remember that play being on the sheet. And I'm like, Bobby, what do I do? And he goes, just go to the corner. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I remember like it was yesterday, I'm in my stance going, okay, am I supposed to, am I supposed to block down and then go, or do I just go whatever? So when the ball was snapped, I kind of blocked. And when I did, they, they, you know, they ignored me completely and went to Jamal. Everyone went to cover Jamal Anderson, who was our, you know, big stud running back. Yeah. Why well, I kind of, I kind of drifted out to the, to the back of the end zone. And, and next thing I know, the ball's coming at me. And I have, <laughs> it's slow motion. I have all these thoughts going on in my head, like, Oh crap, I'm in the wrong spot. You know? And then I'm thinking, no, he threw that to me. I'm going to go ahead and catch it. That's mine. You know, all these thoughts going through my – and so I catch the ball and, and uh, um, you know, scored a touchdown, and I, I'm, I go crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah, because offensive so, linemen, you don't get to score touchdowns very often. That's pretty no, amazing. you don't get to do that a lot. So Did you spike so it, crazy. or did you have a touchdown dance? Um, well, <laughs> I kind of just went crazy, like I said, and started <laughs> running around. But I guess when I ran around, my I, I stiffened my arms up a little bit as I was running around and – and and uh, Billy Joe Tolliver, our uh, our backup quarterback at the time, Texas Tech guy, uh, nicknamed it the Dead Fish the next day. So I guess that was my uh, that was my touchdown. That's fish. awesome. And then Berman, but Berman talked Berman about you too, right? The nickname, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, the toe back, 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 back. You know, from yeah. the baseball deal. So so you know, when you get a Berman nickname, that's a that's a highlight right there, man. Right? That's, that's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. So yeah, then. In '98, you got you guys block for you like you said Jamal Anderson. He has 1,800 yards, and then that championship game against the Vikings is a kicker misses the game winner, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, well, it was uh, it it was one of those games. No one gave us a chance. Now you know they were 15 and one going. That was Randy Moss, you know Randall Cunningham, that whole deal, and they were 15 and one, couldn't be stopped, and and uh, but you know we were 14 and two. That's right. Like yeah. Every, like every other year we'd have had home field advantage. You know, we were 14 and two. We were a good football team and beat the Niners the week before in the divisional round. And, and we were a good football team and, and, but people didn't give us a chance. So went down there, Vikings got up early. We came back. Um, and then their kicker, uh, uh Gary Anderson, I believe it was, didn't have, I mean, he had, uh, he hadn't missed a field goal all year. Yeah. That's crazy. Hadn't missed one. Well, he misses. So the game's tied. We go into over. Uh, I think we yeah we went into overtime. Overtime. And, uh, yeah, and uh, of course we had Morton Anderson. We had the other Anderson, and Morton's right. a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we got to run into him this last August. But Morton's a Hall of Famer, and and uh, God, I mean, he was going to make that kick all day long, and and here we are. We're we're you know we're going to the Super Bowl. We got the upset win in Minneapolis, and and uh, off to the Super Bowl we went. So. So after the Super Bowl, you go. So I didn't know this story. I think a lot of people know the thing with Eugene Robinson. He got in a little trouble in the night before the Super Bowl. But I didn't know about this plane controversy. Can you explain this to my listeners where Dan Reeves uh, said that the pro bowlers and the 10-year veterans would get out of the plane first 
And that pissed off Terrence Mathis, the wide receiver, and some other people. So it was like the team kind of divided on this. this, this. Some people said, oh, that was a great idea because these people showed leadership. And then other people said, well, no, we, we're a team. We shouldn't, there shouldn't be people favored. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't think Dan meant it as, a, as people favored or anything like that. I think it was just a respect thing and an honor thing. Like, this guy's a 10-year veteran, you know, mm-hmm. get it, you know, but – Frankly, I, I don't recall that ever being much of much of an issue. You know, uh, Terrence was a great player for us and and uh, I mean, a great player for us and and made a lot of big plays. Yeah. Big reason we were there that year. Um, but, you know, I think it was just one of those deals. Um, you know, I, I don't recall it just being being that big of an issue. Um, certainly wasn't wasn't to me. And, and uh, you know, the bigger issue, I think, was. <laughs> was the night before the Super Bowl when Eugene got in his trouble. But that's, you know, that is one of those things that happened. And, and uh, you know, we weren't able to overcome it on 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 game day. And, and you know, I mean, you know, you can't put it all on Eugene. I mean, you know, I, I ended up getting hurt. Uh, you know, we had guys that had made plays during the year that didn't make plays. Uh, we had some other guys that were talking a little bit during the week and they didn't back that talk, up, mm. you know. So, so there was all that sort of thing that kind of led to that uh, – uh, uh, us not getting the win. Yeah. Well, still cool to play in the Super Bowl, though. That's. Yeah, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to 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 play, you know, down there in Miami and 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 to play in it, and uh, I was fortunate enough to play in two of them, and and you just uh, you, there's just nothing like it. I mean, it's the, it's the ultimate uh, playing in that game. Yeah. So when you go to the Seahawks, um, you're working with Coach Holmgren, and you say you say he's the best coach you've ever had. Yeah. So, I, I, well, I, you know, he's he's one of the guys I like playing for, you know, um, the most. And I always thought he did it. No one is a great coach. He knows football. He knows a game. But he knows he knows people and he knows players better than I, he always struck me as a guy that knew his players better, better than players thought hmm. he knew, them, you know. I think there's some guys that think, oh, he doesn't relate, you know, no, he, he, he knew his guys and he knew, you know, he knew what to say and what, uh, and how to say it sometimes. And, and sometimes that ruffled feathers, but I always thought he was really fair. Um, you know, he would pat you on the back. He'd also, he'd also tear you down a little bit. And, and, uh, um, but I know it always came from the right spot in the right place. And, and, uh, that's one of the things I liked about him. And, and I, I related well to him, you know, a lot of the, a lot of things he felt, I felt, you know, and, and, and I saw that passion and where it came from. And, and uh, I just really enjoyed playing for him. And, and uh, he was good to me. Um, and it's funny, you come, you know, I'd spent the seven years in Atlanta and um, had worked so hard the time I was in Atlanta to, to, to become a starter, to, to get respect. And, you know, then we went to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. And then you're, you know, a couple years later, you're you're in Seattle, but the fact that you had been to the Super Bowl and you and you were a starter in the league and you'd done some stuff and you come into the locker room and you're 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 given respect just because you know where where you've been and what you've done and 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 I thought that was uh, um, I thought that was pretty cool and and Coach Homer gave me that respect as a veteran player and stuff like that and said you know this is what I need from you. And, uh, then, and I'm the type of guy that if coach tells me this is what I need, or this is what I want, I'm not going to let you down, man. I'm going to get it done somehow, some way. And, uh, as opposed to where a lot of guys maybe need a little, you know, need the backside chew to get them going or something like that. Mm. Uh, I was, I'm more motivated by not letting you down. Hmm. Um, and, and, uh, so, you know, he did that and, and gave me that opportunity to be, to, to lead and, and, and be respected and those types of things. And, and, and I certainly wasn't gonna, um, you know, let that, let, let him down in that respect. That's a, no, you did great. Um, one thing I remember that era though, cause I mean, I'm a big Seahawks fan. I watched all those games. I just remember there was a lot of dropped balls and it's like, I mean, it's easy for, for me to sit on the couch and be like, Oh, just catch the freaking ball. But like, how did, how was that handled in the locker room? And in the huddle, like, do you just try to move on and just not think about it? Or, I mean, does Holmgren well, chew know, these guys down? You know, or? Yeah, I mean, Holmgren used to have this, this thing. Uh, he would say that if you're going to if you're if you're going to play receiver and drop the ball, you might as well be playing guard. <laughs> you know, because you're not doing me any good either way. It, it, it was his point. Like, you know, so I remember we went through some of that and and uh, um you know, and, and, you know, it's part of the growing pains and, 
and and you know some guys that that would drop it a little bit because maybe the focus wasn't there all the time those types of things and and uh, it was just one of the things you got to overcome I mean sometimes an offensive lineman gets beat for a sack that or or a holding call or those types of things and that, those can be drive killers and so can can drop in a ball but you got to all come together as a team and I remember I, uh, one time I said something to one of the receivers on the sidelines and and uh, uh, about a dropped ball and. And uh, all the receivers jumped me, you know, jump, you know, not physically, but, you know, jump, you know, and, and to their point was, you know, you guys, you guys do your job and we'll get our job done, you know, and, and, and so you got to have a little bit of that team. You got to be able to say something uh, to each other, but you got to do it the right way sometimes. And, mm. and uh, you know, uh, you can't let your emotions get too carried away out there, even though it's an emotional game and I was an emotional player. Uh, you got to learn to restrain that emotion at times and, and, and be able to function and, and get along. And uh, nobody wants to drop a ball. Nobody wants to give up a sack. It's just uh, it's football sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys had, you had some great games either way. Uh, that that uh, Packers game, the playoff game, where Hasselbeck's like, we want the ball and we're going to score. I love that. Right. You love that. Did everyone love that, though? Holmgren was kind of pissed about it, wasn't he? No. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think everyone felt that way, you know, and, and, and Mike included, I mean, you know, it, it, it's become more famous because of how it turned out, you know, yeah. uh, um, it just with the very next play, you know, the first play you, you, you throw the, the pick six and, and, and the game's over, but, you know, to, to Matt's credit, um, you know, that, that, that play wasn't all on him, you know, and, and uh, sure. when you're throwing a timing route and things are thrown on time and stuff like that, both quarterback, receiver, offensive line, everybody's got to be, you know, on the same time and, and same timing. And, 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 you know, so, but, the, you know, he was classy enough to just, you know, move on from it and, and not say, and, and took the blame. And, and uh, so, you know, even through those times when, when you don't have success or through the tough times, you do things the right way and you're able to gain respect. And he gained respect in the locker room through that. And, and uh, I think it was the next year, you know, we're, we're heading to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's awesome. So that was a great year for you. I mean, you that was your first Pro Bowl year, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you guys break this uh, the touchdown record with Sean Alexander. I mean, that's got to be easily the best O line in Seahawks history. Is it? It's one of the. Is it one of the best in the NFL history? You think? Yeah, you know, I think you know if if you read the ratings of you know I've I've seen some articles through the years uh, ranking that offensive line as one of the top you know, top five or maybe uh, honorable mention for the top five, things like that. I've seen different opinions out there. And one of the opinions was, you know, if we'd, if we'd all been together just a little bit longer, certainly probably one of the best offensive lines, you know, maybe, maybe to play. I mean, you got first ballot hall of famer and, and Walter Jones, you got Hutch who, who went in the hall of fame this year. Well, really last year, but got the induction this year. And then myself, I, you know, was able to make a pro bowl that year and, Chris Gray, who who hold, you know retired with uh, a Seahawk record for for I think games started, hmm. um, something like that, or most consecutive games or something. I think Russell uh, recently broke that record hmm. a year or two ago. But and then uh, we plugged in a young guy, Sean Locklear, and the right tackle spot had been kind of a revolving door for a while. But we just weren't able to keep that that unit together uh, much longer, you know, uh, long enough to really. Uh, separate ourselves, you know, uh, like some of the offensive lines in the past, uh, you know, might have done like the hogs, um, from, you know, from the Redskins. Back right. Then. Well, how important is the chemistry on the offensive line? Isn't that a big part of the success for offensive lines? Like if you have the, you guys all work together, that's what you're saying. It would have been, if you had worked longer, it'd be even more prolific. Yeah. You know, uh, the chemistry is huge and, and, we had a smart group, uh, a group that, that, that really studied and studied the game and, and took pride in that part of it. Uh, you know, um, we, you know, the, uh, the inside group, you know, uh, Chris, myself, Hutch and Walt, we, we played together a lot. You know, we, we got a lot done together. It was always kind of that right tackle. That was the revolving door until mm. uh, Locklear got there. But, but, you know, I could look at Chris, I could look at Hutch. Um, I could, you know, I could just give them one word where, where, Another offensive line, there might be all these calls and different things that would give a defensive line direction. Like you might mm. make a Lenny call or a lucky call or something like that. Well, center's going left. You know, that's that everyone knows that, right? Well, I would just call a number and I wouldn't say anything. 
but these guys knew which knew where I was going because they knew the offense as well and they knew knew what I was doing or huh. or you know I would have this it was supposed to be pop L or pop R you know I would just say pop and just to let them know I was popping out you know to take a take a double read or something like that so so just being able to be smart being on the same page Hasselbeck uh, on the same page with us uh, you know as far as blitz pickup we spent a lot of time doing that type of stuff and and uh, got on the same page with our quarterback and and a lot of times there are receivers who might have to break a route off those types of things and stuff so um, just having a group that a group of guys that were you know were smart cared about their job and and uh, um, I think that's part of what just made us really good yeah well gosh you guys were amazing I love the NFC championship game that year that was amazing was that the loudest game that you had ever played in yeah, I mean, as soon as you said NFC Championship game, that was the first thought that came. Out. I mean, literally, you know, me, you know, me to the screen here, just screaming at each other to even hear each other, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, that's what I'm talking about. That emotion, that that, that intensity, um, it, it it just comes out. I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it. It just comes out of the stands, and and you know, it's it's one of the great things in life. I mean, it's one of those things that to 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 be in that environment be able to go out and be successful and win that game and be in that environment. It's an experience that, that, that people just don't get, you know, you know, I've been, I had a son that, that played college football. I'm proud of him. My daughter show horses. My other son, uh, you know, was a heck of a football player and then wins his bass tournaments and all, you know, I'm proud of, I'm proud of all their stuff they do and everything, but, and I'm proud of some of the other stuff I've done in business and things like that, but nothing replaces that, that right there. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate. And, and I don't know that it gets any better than that. It's, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. Oh yeah. It was amazing. It's, obviously, you know, the Super Bowl didn't turn out as the way we wanted. And, uh, you know, we could blame the refs or whatever shit happened. Ken Hamlin got in a bar fight and then he doesn't play. So lots of bad factors. So then the next year, what do you think happened with Sean Alexander? Because he went from 1800 yard rusher to just never being quite the same. Was it because Hutchinson left or was it because of Alexander's injury? Was he too old? Did he just not care because he got the money? Like, what's your thoughts on that? No, you know, I, I think there's, a, there's a lot of things, you know, you know, guy gets hurt. That that's a factor. I think we, you know, we lose Hutch. Uh, that's a factor. Um, I, I got, I got sick eight games into that, that season that next year. Um, and I ended up in the hospital and couldn't play the rest of the season. So now you have, you got, uh, for the last half of that year, you got two starters off that team, uh, that went to Super Bowl off that offensive line. You got two starters that are out. And, you know, there, there's a reason, there was a reason we were the starters, you know? Sure. There's a reason, uh, you know, uh, uh, we went to Pro Bowls and there's a reason Hutch is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. it's not just because, people want him in there and he earned that thing, you know, and he earned it through playing his tail off. And, and so, so that's to me, you know, that, that's a big part of it. And then, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you find that magic and it's hard to find again. And, uh, you know, we had the same thing in Atlanta. We very similar year six in both places, uh, running backs that had 1800 yards rushing quarterbacks that threw for, you know, a good amount, bend, but don't break defenses, very similar teams that I went to the, to the Super Bowl with both times. And, and, uh, you know, we had Jamal that next year, he, he, we're playing the Cowboys, I think second game of the year, boom, blows his knee out, mm. you know? And, and so you, you just don't recover. You take out a key piece like that and it's, it's hard to recover from. So how much do you think just luck plays a role in, in, in success or especially with football? I mean, that's gotta be a big piece. Cause like, even with you, like you had some good luck too, because if you got hurt your rookie year, that could have been the end. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, um, I remember, I don't know, my 13th year in the league, uh, uh, Chris Gray and I were both rookies the same year. And, and a rookie came up to and asked me a question. He said, uh, <clears throat> said, you know, what's the key to longevity in the league? And I said, well, I said, you know, you got to stay healthy. I mean, that's a yeah. big part of it. And, you know, it's being lucky enough to not get hurt and, and not give the guy behind you a chance or whatever it might be, being able being available. And he looked at me, he goes, you know, what? I just asked Chris Gray the same question. He said the exact same thing. <laughs> is there, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. part of, part of winning the Super Bowl is, is, is you got to stay healthy, you know? Um, and, and, and that's a big deal. You can have the best team on paper, but you go out and play the football games. If you can't stay healthy, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't care who you are. 
Um, <clears throat> so you got to be a little bit lucky that way. And, and, you know, sometimes the ball, it's nice to have the ball bounce your way. Around. Right. Yeah. That definitely plays a part. But so then with the injury thing, I mean, besides the luck, cause some of it is just total, you know, wrong place, wrong time or whatever, but is there anything that you can do to prevent injuries or any tricks that you've learned throughout the years, like either yeah. healing faster or preventing things or, you know, it, that has progressed so much. Uh, so, you know, I was a rookie in 93 and, you know, um, it, it, from from that time to now, it's just it's it's night and day. The guys, you know, I was part of the group that you know we we're into, you know, uh, taking our protein and our supplements and getting strong. And we, you know, we worked hard in the weight room and we did all that type of stuff. But now these guys, you know, toward the end of my career, I had every Tuesday I had a massage schedule. You know, mm. every Tuesday morning I had, you know, I started doing some of that stuff. And now these guys have it to another level where where they've got, you know, you know, some of these guys got a staff, you know, this guy's my nutritionist, this guy's my supplement guy, this guy's my, my massage, you know, they got, they got a whole staff of people that that take care of them. And, and, and and frankly, nutrition at at the facilities is a lot better. You know, you go to Seahawks facility now and they've got chefs, they've got big kitchens, they've got all these options, everything else. And back when I played, heck, when I was in Atlanta, man, we were, running to Burger King for lunch, you know, and things like that. And, and, and <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just a different world. So I think that's all, that's all very important. Um, you know, training obviously and the type of training and training for explosive movements that can be very important, but heck, I mean, I blew my patellar 10 in my second week with the Seahawks working out in the off season, you know, and it just, it's a, and it was an exercise I've <laughs> done a million times and I did it and I was fine. Then we decided to do it one more time and I blew my knee up. So <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it can be, it, you know, a lot of it is luck, you know, um, uh, just twisting the wrong way or a guy rolling up on you or those types of things. But, you know, there's certain things, you know, pulls, strains, things like that can can oftentimes be uh, uh, mitigated for. For sure. What do you think of the Seahawks now? Like what did, I always think, like, what if Russell Wilson had that 2005 offensive line? Like how much he would be insane. Yeah, I always wanted to block for Marshawn Lynch. You know, I was kind of when I retired, and then they got him. I was like, man, that that would have been a bad dude to block for. You know, yeah. that, that would have been fun. You know, because because he brought a certain attitude to the game that we tried to bring to the game and stuff like that would have been fun. But you know, look, these guys are out there playing. I think, I think, uh, you know, you know, to be to be fair, I, you know, I, I think. You know, sometimes, you know, Russell could do a better job of stepping up in the pocket as opposed to scrambling around backwards the way he does, because that can put your tackles in particular at, at, at a, in a bad, bad spot because they're trying to run guys back there. But mm. you say that and then all of a sudden he runs around and he throws an 80 yard bomb to lock it and we win the game. You right. Know? So, I mean, yeah. There's good with the bad. It can look ugly at times, though. And and uh, um, I just think, you know, you know, uh, it's just this is one of those years has been a little challenging and. Uh, um, it's a challenge that that Russell hasn't faced since he's been in the league. I don't think he's had a losing record. He's he's uh-huh. been he's been good and 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 played on good teams and stuff. So, um, you know, they've got to finish the year strong. They got to continue to try to get better. I think that's the, the that's the thing to do is you can never you can never rest on your laurels. And when it's going and when it when and when you're struggling, you you just got to keep fighting. Uh-huh. Um, and so the, you know the object is to continue to try to get better. I think back when we you know, in my Seahawk days, you know, beating the dang Rams. Yeah, you know? that was it's so like tough. We were better than them. Yeah, but for about two years there, they were beating us because, it, for for some reason, I can't tell you what it was. We could not get over that hump. Remember huh. when we lost to them in the playoffs here that one year, and it was like, doggone it, we should have blown that team out. They weren't that good. Was that the up. time you guys lost them? It was like three three times they beat beat you. Yeah, that was the year. And, that was and, rough. And then that next year, you know, we, we climbed that mountain, we beat them, you know, and we figured it out and we got it done. And, and, uh, um, then, then, then they couldn't beat us, you know? And so sometimes it's just, you know, you, you just keep pounding your head until you finally get, get, get Yeah. So do you think, you think Wilson will be back on the Seahawks? Do you think Pete Pete Carroll will be back or you think they're going to do like a rebuild or something? Yeah. You know, I I think these guys have earned, earned enough to, uh, um, to, to, you know, get another year together, you know, I mean, you know, I don't think it's time to blow it up yet. Now you come back out next year and, and, and you're, you're, you're three and eight start the year and you say, okay, well maybe it's time, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. cause I don't know what it is sometimes, to, 
you, you know, guys lose their edge or the change huh. of scenery does better for some, you know, but coaches lose, you know, lose their messaging or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying that's happened in this case. I'm just saying it's weird how that works sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what makes uh, New England so impressive. You know, that Belichick has, you know, his messaging is what it is and this is how we're doing it. And that hasn't changed. And he, you know, make, uh, and, and, you know, the fact that him and Brady were together so long, the success they've had, and they can both continue to have separately. It's, it's a, that's an impressive thing. And it's a hard thing to do. And you see that here with, uh, uh, with Pete and Russell now that it's hard to sustain for as long as those guys sustain. That's what makes it so special. Yeah, no, it's all fascinating. Well, this has been great. This is, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I want to pr- uh, thank you for doing it and taking the time. Um, I do like to end each episode with a charity. I don't know if I mentioned that. Is there a nonprofit or a charity or just a cause that is near and dear to your heart? Well, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, some stuff lately for um, actually going to events and act for this uh, Ronald McDonald House uh, oh. charity uh, locally. Um, you know, obviously, we all, we all know about the Ronald McDonald House. This charity in particular um, uh, uh, does a good job of uh, 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 taking kids uh, around around Christmas time, providing a gift, taking them on. And before COVID, they were taking them on a cruise around Lake Washington and do some of that type of stuff and everything. So. So that's been one that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Here, okay. Here I'll put that in the notes. And then also uh, I want to mention too, your, uh, you have this insurance company, which I thought it was fascinating that you started working insurance while you were still in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's part of being a rookie free agent. Oh, it was <laughs> that time. Okay. So you weren't sure if you were going to be, yeah. Yeah. You just never know, you know, and uh, you know, any, we talked about luck a minute ago, staying healthy, right? Any that patellar tendon I tore with the Seahawks, that could have been it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to come back and play, but that could have been it, right? And uh, so I just, you know, always wanted to be prepared. And, and uh, um, you know, we've we've been able to grow our agency and, and do a good job at Griff McLean. And, and we just actually uh, were acquired on November 1st by USI. Um, so now we're, we're part of one of the, uh, the largest brokerages in, in the country and, uh, and, and, probably the world and, and, uh, I'm excited about new challenges and, uh, being able to do more for my clients and offer more and stuff. So it's a, it's an exciting time for us and, and, uh, uh, to see a lot of the hard work we put in payoff, uh, in the insurance world as well. Yeah. So who, who can, uh, what kind of clients do you, you look for high profile clients or just anybody could get insurance from you guys or, well, you know, certainly we do home and auto for, for anyone, uh, on the business side. I'm always looking, you know, I, I specialize in, in, in contractors and, and, and bonding accounts, those types of things. But, but, uh, certainly any, any company commercial, you know, type, you know, business, uh, you know, property managers, those, you know, properties, uh, all that type of stuff is, is certainly right, uh, right in our vertical and, and, and one of the things we like to do. Okay, cool. Well, that's been, uh, this has been great. Like I said, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And, uh, people need to check out the insurance company. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See you later, Robbie. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Well, if you're a football fan, those are some great stories. Even better if you're a fan of the teams like I am. I really enjoyed it. If you did too, make sure to subscribe to the show so you get notifications on future episodes. And uh, let me know who you'd like to see on the show for future episodes. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with these sports interviews, and I think it's good to get the ex-ball players uh, because they have a lot more stories than current players. So uh, make sure to check out Robbie's insurance company, Griffin McLean. Uh, I may get a quote myself because I'm in the market for a new insurance company after my whole fiasco with Allstate. So, all right, well, that's it. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And remember to shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon.